This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Executive Athletes Podcast. This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Usually, I am reading long intros to our guests, and then I have them tell their story. And most of the listeners are probably sick of listening to my voice, so I'll let the uh, guests talk to their stories. But I'll give a quick intro. Um, This week's guest is Sanjeev Sani. And Sanjeev founded a pretty cool uh, beer company. And what they're doing is taking non-alcoholic beer to the next level with IPAs, with pale ales, with um, a number of different flavors, and actually a Prosecco that's pretty good as well. But um, I'll let Sanjeev tell us a little bit more about that and and what he's doing. So Sanjeev, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. And and thanks for having uh, having me on. I'm excited to talk to your listeners. So uh, we'll dive right in, I guess. Yeah, what you guys are doing is pretty cool with the non-alcoholic scene and the non-alcoholic beer scene for athletes and everything. And tell us a little bit about how you got into this and how you started the company. Sure. Sure. Um, let me just, I'll back off a little bit first and start, um, about my journey and how we ended up getting up into, um, you know, I'm, I'm into my 60th year of, of life now. So I've been around quite a while, um, and seen all of the various trends in, in athletics and, and in, eating and, and performance and all that stuff. You know, I've, I've been an endurance athlete pretty much my whole life. Um, huge, uh, I started really with Nordic skiing. Um, you know, even when I was in high school, early high school, we had a, we had a coach who basically, uh, this is like now in the seventies, mid seventies. And she, she basically took the cross country running team and, and um, got a bunch of skis for them and, and taught everybody how to cross country ski. And, you know, we started a cross country ski team back in high school. And that's kind of where it all started for me in terms of, of endurance sports. I was a, a bit of a runner before, but um, I was still pretty young. And, and, that, and that's really where my passion um, for, for endurance sports started. Um, so I'm a big Nordic skier in the, in, in the winter. And then in the summer, you know, a huge road cyclist, hiking, whatever. Um, you know, we, we now live up in the mountains of... of of, of Quebec, Laurentian Mountains, north of Montreal, in a, in a resort called Tremblant, which some people may be familiar with. Um, you know, so I've been doing my whole life, um, you know, all the, like the Nordic ski loppets. Um, in Canada, I've done a bunch, obviously, in the U.S. I've been to Europe and a whole bunch of those type of uh, races, done, you know, world's masters, um, ski races, road riding all over the Canada, U.S., Europe. Um, you know, when we were just out of university, a friend and I rode our bikes all across Europe. Um, and that was, that was kind of cool. And then, you know, to celebrate that same sort of thing, when we both turned 50 about 10 years ago, we decided to do it again. Um, this time a little differently. We, we weren't carrying all our camping stuff like we were when we were, we were uh, kids and basically, you know, did sort of credit card touring. He actually wanted to ride from London to Delhi. Um, and it's a funny story, you know, we've talked about this for years and, um, 
and I, at that time, this is now about nine or 10 years ago, you'd have to go through Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, Iraq to get all the way to, to Delhi. And, and even when you got to Delhi, got, you know, it would be super dangerous anyway. So I said, no, no way, I'm not riding my bike. You're, you're, that's, a, that's a death wish. Um, so we, we settled on uh, Paris to Istanbul. Istanbul would be as far east as I was prepared to ride my bike. And, and you know, we did that and our wonderful wives met us in Istanbul and, and we had a wonderful time. Um, and so, you know, I've been doing all these things most of my life. Um, and, you know, I have a very supporting wife who's allowed me to do a lot of these things. And, and you know, we go to Europe usually once a summer to ride our bikes and, you know, do all the famous climbs of the Tour de France and the Giro, the, the Stelvio and the Gavia and the Bantu and Alpe d'Huez and all those cool places. Um, and, you know, that, so it's, 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 been, it's been a great uh, ride. And, and as a result of that, I've also been kind of life hacking all my life in one form or another, always sort of looking for kind of that edge, a little better performance, just feel, you know, getting a little bit more out of life and, and the sports that I did. Um, so, you know, I used to do fasting when I was in my 20s, like 40 years ago, long before there was even a term called intermittent fasting or, you know, and, you know, med we took meditation in our, in, in our 20s, like just post, post hippie, um, transcendental meditation and you know i've been doing that on and off for years i've been a vegetarian i've been paleo keto you name it and and so you know it's 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 been a, a ride so about eight or nine years and i've also been an entrepreneur all my life um running various businesses and so the last business i sold about seven or eight years ago and then we moved up to Tromblon, my, my, my wife and i um and we've been living we were living here up you know, and you still live here, it's our primary residence in it. And, and Tremblant is fantastic. I mean, you're up in the mountains, so you're, you're hiking and biking and skiing is out your back door. So, you know, it's, it's really living the dream as far as the stuff that I love to do. So, um, but anyways, during that time period between selling the last company and um, I had invested in a company with a good friend of mine named Glenn, who was already involved in the non-alcoholic beer market through a different company. And so, you know, I, I, I'd invested with him and that company was kind of chugging along, um, you know, it's doing okay, not great. And then he decided to leave it. At the same time, uh, my son, Nicky, was sort of in between. He'd done some, he was working in software sales and he, he wanted, you know, he's been kind of an entrepreneur all his life as well. So he, this was an opportunity for him. So I said, let's go, let's go talk to Glenn and see if there's an opportunity in, the, in a beverage market to see what we can do um you know during that time as you get older so your relationship with alcohol also changes a little bit your ability hangovers come on uh quicker um and i just wasn't i wasn't enjoying it um as much so we decided at that time you know let's let's inject some fun and interest into a category that's been kind of largely ignored and dull for years it was basically oduls and a couple of other brands that were out there in that category and they were not really that interesting so we let's say let's make it let's make it fun so we came up you know with the brand groovy to to, to, to inject some fun our branding is fun our packaging is bright green yellow um and 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 so it it, it we want to make people proud to drink non-alcoholic beers and wines and not something you do because you have to do it so 
what happened is, is that we formed the company a couple of years ago. Um, Nikki, my son, went down and we decided we were going to launch it in Denver and, and for a whole bunch of reasons. Denver being primarily sort of craft beer, uh, you know, big craft beer market. So we thought it would be a good place to launch it. And so he went down there about a year and a half ago, or a year, year, eight, nine months ago, and just kind of scouted it out and said, hey, things look good. Uh, you know, the original partner, Glenn, or still his partner, went down and, and, and we then said, okay, let's go. We, we basically, we were fortunate because we were, we were retired. We packed up the car, put all our belongings, put the dog in. My daughter, Annika, had just kind of graduated from, from university and we all moved down to Denver and we, we rented this old kind of frat house type of, 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 of place. And we basically started selling beer and wine. To, and, you know, every morning we would load up our, each, you know, we had three or four cars. We had uh, um, Annika's boyfriend, Alex, had also come down there. Uh, and we had this, you know, every morning we'd load up our cars with beer and we'd go to all the various wine and liquor stores and start selling non-alcoholic beer to, and, and wine to these stores. And every afternoon we'd come back in, we'd have a big tally board on, 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 in the living room there and say, you know, who, how much beer did you sell today? And how much wine did you sell? Um, and, then, and it was kind of exciting. It was, it was a lot of fun and, and it was kind of cool to work with your kids in a business, you know, it was, and, and we really enjoyed it. My, my, my wife was, we had just launched our online business at that time as well. Um, and Annika, my daughter, did all the, the social media and the marketing. Um, and my wife, Sue, we basically set up a whole packaging room. We opened up the online one day, put the, turned the switch on, and the orders started coming in. Um, and so we were packing boxes all the, all, you know, we, we'd deliver beer in the evening, we'd pack boxes and get the orders out um, the next day. And it was really a startup situation. Um, but there was clearly a demand out there um, for good quality craft brewed um, beers and wines. People's relationship with alcohol was changing, especially amongst the younger, uh, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the Gen Zs and the millennials who, um, you know, there was a more of a wellness oriented thing going on and their relationship with alcohol was different, safe from when we were their age. Um, and they were making more conscious decisions to sometimes you know, be social and not drink alcohol. So it kind of fed into that whole scenario. And, you know, and basically it just grew from there. So we, we launched it in, in Denver and then we spread out over all of Colorado after that. Um, and then, and then since then we've, you know, we've moved into, uh, we're, you know, now we have distribution in Vermont, in Michigan. This month we're opening up into Minnesota. Next month products will be available in Arizona and New Mexico, and then Chicago and, and then the Mid-Atlantic, Philadelphia. So the growth has been phenomenal. It's, it's been a, you know, a, a great run to start. Um, and there's lots of, of cool and interesting, you know, things happening in this category that we're, we're quite excited about. Um, as we now move forward, um, as we get more uh, opened up more states. We opened up more provinces. We're now, you know, it's available now in Ontario and various places. Um, so it's 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 really an exciting um, category to be in. And you know, North America is generally pretty, uh, behind what's what's been happening in Europe. If you look at at, at Germany and Spain um, and even England for that matter, you know, big beer drinking countries, uh, non-alcoholic beers and wines, and now make up 
eight, nine, 10% of, of total sales, which is a huge number. In North America, that number is, um, is in, the, in the less than 1%. So the opportunities uh, are substantial. And, and now you're seeing more companies recognizing that, moving into the category. Um, and you know, you've always had some of the big guys involved. The Germans have been doing it for years. Um, but their their technology is much different than than what you know how we make our beers. They tend to dealkalize. They brew the beer, you know. And Heineken say is one of the ones that have come on recently with their 0, 0.0. But it's still they brew it there conventionally, and then they have a big dealkalization machine um, at the end that either burns the alcohol off or spins it off. And, you know, it's different, there's different technologies. But in the end, you end up with a little bit of a compromised taste. Um, you know, the way that we make it is it from scratch. The, the yeasts we use um, don't allow the alcohol to form, but it's a very controlled process. It's, you know, the fermentation is arrested, basically, using combinations of the yeast and the temperature that you brew at, um, which allows, you end up, it's, it's a beer. It tastes like a beer. Um, it just doesn't have the alcohol in it. And that's kind of where, you know, we're coming from. And, it's as I said. It's been a. It's been a. It's only been at it for a couple of years now, and um, really, Annika and Nikki, you know, the younger generation is 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 who's driving it. Um, we're there, and and as I tell uh, my kids, that, hey, this is this is your show. You need to get. You need to hire the team and the people that you need to grow this business into that next level. We're here to support you. We're here to help you. We're here to uh, to. Do whatever we can and, and it's it's been really exciting so we're, we're really enjoying it so far that's amazing and to hear sort of the having that option and one of the things we were talking about yesterday is sort of that post beer you know or that post ride beer or the post ski beer and the, and you guys have shaken things up a little bit from going towards excuse me the alcohol piece but just going for the taste piece but having a number of benefits from from it as well talk to us a bit about that yeah i mean any beer really um or beer in general let's just say let's just not even classify it as non-alcoholic versus alcohol or beer but beer is made from from you know four main ingredients you've have the the, the barley or the, or the or the wheat or whatever the base is you have hops which gives you that that kind of nice flavor and then it's basically water and yeast those are the four main ingredients in beer um and then, and then, so it's the yeast as it consumes the, sh the sugars in, in the barley that, perform, that, that creates the alcohol. All we're doing is, okay, let's not, let's use a, a yeast or a cat, or, or let's stop that fermentation, the alcohol from forming. The process is still the same as, as regular beer. And when you don't have the alcohol, the, the, all the properties that are in beer, which is, you know, the, the you have good, um, polyphenols, which is the main thing, just comes mainly from the hops that are in beer. Those are, are very powerful anti-inflammatory um, agents and, and they're plant-based obviously. And so those are the, the main benefits you get from, from non-alcoholic beer is, is the anti-inflammatory benefits that you get. So post-exercise, so whether you've been riding your bike for three or four hours or hiking or or skiing or whatever your body's inflamed right and so you want to you want to get the inflammation down so what uh, non-alcoholic beer does is helps 
because of the polyphenols that are in there, it brings the inflammation down. So that's the main thing. Let's get the inflammation down post-exercise um, so that your body can recover efficiently. The other sort of thing that happens is um, alcohol in beer, alcohol is a diuretic. So it forces the, your body to, it forces water out of your body, water and all of the good uh, you know, electrolytes that are in there as well, out of your body. So that, that's the other thing you don't want post-exercise. You want hydration. You're already dehydrated to some degree post-exercise. You don't want to take an agent that further dehydrates you which is what alcohol will do. Um, so let, if you take the alcohol out of the beer, now the NA beer is hydrating. It's not dehydrating. So you get the good fluids back into your body, which you want. And the third sort of really important thing is those polyphenols and, and those good things are also immune system boosters, right? So again, hard exercise, your immune system's depressed a little bit. You're prone to to more uh, in, um, infections, especially upper respiratory infections, right? If you've been running hard, cycling, your lungs are a little, you know, people know what it feels like. You go hard, your lungs after a, a hard, especially a cross country ski, because you're doing it in a cold temperature, you've got a raspy voice post, at post race because your lungs are inflamed from, from breathing and all that cold air, working really hard. You want to bring that down. So you want your immune system to be primed not depressed so again the good stuff in in, in a beer which is largely the plant-based polyphenols help your immune system alcohol does all of those opposite things right alcohol increases inflammation uh, primarily in your gut um, it's a diuretic like i said so that forces the good water and electrolytes out of your body um, it suppresses your immune system um, i mean alcohol you know, the, the industry, obviously, the, you know, the industry is not, not keen on letting the world know that, hey, alcohol is a, is a, is a, a toxic substance. And as soon as you start taking it, your liver is starting to work overtime to get rid of it. Um, and if it doesn't do it effectively enough, that's the hangover, right? You end up with too many toxins in your body. You just can't get rid of them fast. Your liver can't detoxify itself fast enough. So... I'm not, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stand on here and say I'm anti-alcohol. I mean, I enjoy a nice Cabernet or a Merlot sometimes as well. Um, it's, it's, it's part of our, part of our culture. So it's not going to go away anytime soon and, and nobody's advocating it, but we just want to give people good options, give people good options so that they can make good decisions. And, um, and so there's, you know, there's been a lot of research that's come out in the last five or six years, a lot of it coming out of Europe, you know, there's the, there's the German, a lot of it coming out of Germany. So the German Olympic team back in, in the last Olympics, I think 2016. Um, so their primary recovery drinks was an, not NA beer. So they were shipping container loads of non-alcoholic beer into their Olympic site. And that's what they were consuming. Uh, not only as recovery, but you know, there's also been research of how even pre-exercise it helps. Um, they've done, you know, there've been studies with uh, marathon runners where if they took a certain amount of NA beer two or three weeks before, that they recovered better. Um, so there's a whole bunch of, of research coming out in the last three or four years. Again, a lot of it out of Europe. Um, and, and obviously, you know, the alcohol industry is not keen on getting all that data out there. So it gets suppressed a little bit, but there's more and more evidence. Um, and so 
you know, as, as you were saying, um, a post, post-ride beer is part of the culture of, of cycling, right? So it just feels good. It's a, it's, a social, it's a social beverage. People, you know, you have a ride, you want to celebrate with your friends, you crack open the beer. It just feels good, right? And the other thing is a beer just tastes good after a hard piece of exercise, right? You've been drinking Gatorade or some various substance during that, some sugary drink in your, in your water bottle for five hours. The last thing you want is something, you want something fizzy, refreshing, and beer, it fits that mode, right? Um, so we're saying, hey, you know, maybe an NA beer is, is, is better right after you, you have that ride or ski or whatever you were doing. And fine, have, you know, let, let the body settle down, get the inflammation down. You still want to have an alcohol beer couple hours later that evening or a nice glass of wine with dinner, then go for it. Enjoy what, you know, nobody's advocating one way or the other. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, kind of where we're getting coming from in, in athletics. And talk to us about entering the market, right? Like you were saying in Europe, it's eight, nine, 10% of the market, but here it's less than 1%. How, how, you know, talk to us about the difficulty or not difficulty, but just sort of changing people's perception of, the NA beer world versus the craft beer world, right? That you see in Denver and that we see here in New England and in the mountain states. Yeah, yeah. I know, you know, it, it, it actually has not been that difficult, certainly not getting, getting into the stores. Um, you know, I come from a background of selling packaging and, and printing material in my last company. And that's hard because now you're displacing some other printer or packaging company. It's a hard sell. To, to, to sell any beer into the beer stores was really relatively easy because they had already seen the category moving. Um, not so much in craft, but at least they'd seen, um, you know, the German brands were there with Erdinger and Heineken was coming in in a big way. Klaus Toller, they'd all been around for quite a while and they were seeing a significant uptick in people buying those things. So when you came to them, hey, here's a, here's a craft brewed uh, we think it's a better version of, of those products. It really wasn't hard getting uh, people, getting the stores at least, to take your product in. Now, now you're, then we did, you know, all types of samplings and tasting, taste testings and fairs, and we did, you know, all summer long, all these events. Now, you're going to, you're, you definitely, in liquor stores when you're there, people, you know, you get some pushback. And, and, the, and the standard thing is, well, you know, what's the point? Um, what's the point of having a beer without alcohol or what's the point of having a glass of wine without alcohol? And so you get that for sure. And, and, and we got a fair bit of that initially, but not as much as you would think. I mean, um, and our answer really is, was, Hey, just try it. And if, if try this, you know, this is no, there's no compromise in the beer taste here. It's still a beer. Uh, and so, and sometimes you want to have your beer, and sometimes you want to don't want to have the alcohol, and I think you were talking about this yesterday. So you're out on your on the lake on a boat. Um, you still want to have a beer with your buddies, but hey, you got to man that boat. And after three or four beers, that's not a great idea. Um, you're you know you're you're driving a boat or a car or or whatever. It's still a it's still a um, you know you can get yourself into trouble. And so you know we. we so maybe every second or every third beer is, is a um, NA beer so that you don't end up intoxicated by the end of the end of the event. You still enjoy everything. And so it, it really hasn't been a lot of pushback. Um, times have changed. You know, I, when I talked to Glenn who started baby seven, eight years ago, there was a lot more pushback 
way back then, people couldn't understand, didn't understand why they would want one. But things have changed. Um, people are more health conscious. People understand it. They're more, they're more selective about what they put into their body. You know, we, are very, we put all our ingredients on our, our bottle. We put all the nutritional facts on the bottle. You order, a, when you get a Bud or a Coors or any, even, even the craft ones, you don't know what's in them. They're not required to put any nutritional information on there. They're not even required to put any ingredients on there. You don't even know what's in there. You don't have any idea how many calories that a big IPA is and, and whether there's any other ingredients in there because they're not required to do it. So, you know, we want to be clear about what's in our products and there's no, no other crap. Here's how many calories are in there all that kind of stuff, right? So it's, it's um, and it's moving fast. People are, I mean, um, like it in Europe, people are, are finding occasions that hey, they, they still want, you know, I think people, if you go back to it, even with that post-ride beer, it's that flavor of beer you want because it tastes good. It's not necessarily the alcohol. And because you didn't have a good choice four or five years ago, you drank the beer, what was given to you because it had alcohol, but it was four or five, six percent. But now you make a, you can make a conscious decision. I still want that great flavor of an IPA and that lovely hoppiness, citrus, you know, that citrusy flavor. I just don't want to feel, uh, you know, if I have, I don't, I don't want to feel trashed all afternoon because I got work to do or I just want to hang out with my family or my kids and still be there for them and not lying on the couch. Uh, right. So it's, it's, um, it's been, it hasn't been much pushback really, but, and that's moving pretty fast. No. And I, and I love what you're saying there too, right? You get off your bike and you have the ability to go do stuff for the rest of the day. And I've had a few of them and your product is awesome. It tastes like a real beer. I think the hardest thing is psychologically, right? You're sort of waiting for that buzz and it never happens. And it's a, it's a different feeling that is there or not there. But I think, it's obviously you get over that fairly quickly, but it's, it's a pretty cool sensation, right? And it's a pretty cool taste and it's, it's allows you like, you know, you were saying to, to continue to function throughout the day, because most guys, if you go for a three, four five hour hard ride, you're done at two or three, it's like game over. Yeah. Especially if you have, you know, two, 8% IPAs uh, after that five hour ride, you're definitely game over. I know there's a brewery near us saying eight's the new five. I don't know how they're, it's uh, it's sort of crazy of, of the opposite end of where this is all going to. Yeah. And even, you know, we've had lots of people come to us, even with, you know, there is a minute amount of alcohol point up, up to 0.5 in, in most um, craft NA beers. And, and I've found that even at that little amount, you get, you still get a bit of a, a bit of a buzz right now, especially if you've done it post hard exercise, because your body's already, your senses are already um, on high alert. And you even, you have that beer, your mind plays a little bit of a trick on you going, well, when I have this kind of beverage, I'm supposed to feel like this. So you, you get a kind of a placebo buzz. Now it's not obviously the same and it goes away pretty quickly. It's not obviously the same as, um, as an 8% IPA, but you still get that little bit of an euphoria without, without, you know, lying on the couch and, and your wife or kids jumping on your head and going, dad, get up and start doing something. Right. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Howard's and, and the growth that you had has been astronomical pretty much from, 
day one or, or week one. Talk to us a bit about that and talk to us about being the entrepreneurs behind it and really, like you said, sort of setting up the frat house and making it all happen. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's, it's you know, we're really a, a, a family-run company, um, you know, so, you know, you know, my son, Nikki, is sort of the main uh, CEO. My daughter is sort of co-founder. She runs the, the whole marketing, social media. They're young adults. Um, they, they've done a fantastic job. You know, and I, as I said, I, I love working with them. I love working with this sort of new next brand of entrepreneurs that are coming up that, you know, sometimes people, you know, millennials get a bad rap that, hey, you know, that they're, they feel like they're a uh, bad rap probably from our, from our generation. Hey, they're spoiled and they're, you know, they're, they don't work hard and they're lazy. I haven't seen it. These, these kids are smart. They're, they're motivated and they got great ideas. So, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been a wonderful uh, couple of years getting it going. So they've been there to drive it and they're building their team with that same sort of young group of entrepreneurs to, to help them grow it. We're that, we're sort of the generation that, to, to help, you know, we're post, you know, cause I said, we're in, you know, in, in the sixties. So, you know, we're just sort of the tail end of the baby boomer um, group of people that have sort of, had a good ride already and, and we're in that state of our lives where we just kind of want to enjoy our lives, but it's to be involved with this, with this type of um, uh, category and with young people that are now, that are moving in this category, it's been, been exciting. And the whole frat thing was really a lot of fun. Um, it was, you know, an old house that we just, our one room was just full of, like full of beer and where like our warehouse, one was our big packing room. I remember coming back last, we took off on a ski trip up to interior, uh, interior BC last, this, like just around Christmas, New Year's, a whole bunch of, we packed up the car and said, you know, we're, we're going skiing. We went up into BC and we skied all those cool places, Revelstoke and, and uh, Lake Louise and sunshine. And it was, and it was an epic uh, snow season up there. So, and I mean, coming down, we hit Jackson hole and, and, a, and a few other places. And by the time we got back into Denver um, for three days, we had so many orders sitting there. And so we basically formed this um, production line of we had we had to get all of these boxes of, of orders out by Monday morning. And so for, for two days, we just packed beer and, and um, wine and, and, and we had so, so many cases sitting on our porch packages that the, the FedEx guy that came just, you know, he just said, oh, my God, um, I, you know, he basically called two more trucks in and and, and then, you know, they took all this stuff uh, out and but it was it was it's cool it's fun and it's 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 exciting to be involved in a category that's had that much kind of growth quick growth um and we have i mean that's not to say we haven't run into some roadblocks largely it's been production roadblocks like nobody anticipated i don't think anybody thought that the demand would be as high as it's been um so we just haven't in the last couple of months is our problem has been supply management you know have we just getting enough product prepared and ready and out to the right groups of people. Um, but, you know, we get calls from as people in, in new states, um, you know, every week, you know, when are you going to be in, in Atlanta and when are you going to be in, in, you know, in Maine or whatever, right? And we're just, we're just trying to keep up with that, you know, get the distribution system set up, line it all up and make sure we can supply all of these various states. Um, and, you know, we're, and there's some really good other companies out there too, doing similar sorts of things and all sort of feeling the same excitement and pain in a very fast growing category. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's exciting to, to, to see it happen for sure. No, and, and kudos to you guys and, and pulling it off. I think what you're doing is, is awesome. I think it's going to be a game changer moving forward. You guys are definitely at the forefront of what's going on here. So talk to us about where people can find it, where they can find your product, how they can find you online. We're coming up here on quick on a half hour. It's, I could talk about beer for hours and hours, but um, talk to us about where they can find more about yeah. Groovy. So, you know, so... At retail level, in the, by the end of uh, this year, we will be in, in those states that I mentioned. So all over Colorado, pretty much any wine and liquor store. Same for Michigan, uh, Minnesota. We'll be, we're just sending our first shipment out to Minnesota uh, this week. Uh, so they'll be available in a lot of liquor stores in, in Minnesota. In October, we'll be in a bunch of places in Arizona and New Mexico. Um, and by November, we'll be in a whole bunch of places in and around the Chicago area and hopefully in sort of the, the mid-Atlantic, starting off with, with the Philly area and then hopefully moving into New Jersey, New York. Um, subsequent to that, we are, we're in Vermont as far as New England goes through distributorships. And any other place though, you can, you can get all our products. We ship anywhere across um, the US right now and Canada. In the US, you just go on our website at getgroovy.com and you put the orders in, it'll come directly to you in, in a couple of days. Um, in Canada, um, we'd sell primarily through a website called well.ca, um, and they ship all across Canada as well. And if you go on our website, there's a few other smaller sites, uh, specifically in Canada, that also carry our products online, depending on where you are. Um, and hopefully by next year, as I said, we'll be in a whole bunch of other um, stores and if you don't like going to wine and liquor stores and a lot of people that don't drink alcohol don't end up going to wine and liquor stores for sure so we are in a whole bunch of whole foods in um in those states that, that i mentioned and 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 sort of higher end um independent grocery um in in ontario for sure but also in in, in these other states so that's primarily where you you will find our products so wine and liquor first sort of your, your, your whole foods, high-end grocery next. And then eventually, you know, we'll get down to sort of the, the, the bigger um, grocery chains, you know, the Kroger's and the Myers and, and the Wegmans um, of the world um, as we move forward. But we'll always have a strong online presence um, because that way we get to connect with our consumers, see what, see who's buying it, what they like, what we don't like. We're just launching uh, tomorrow our, bubbly rosé so we'll have two wines we'll have a prosecco and a bubbly rosé um, we have four different beers presently right now available which is an ipa a pale ale we have a, a sour berliner weiss we do a stout um, we also do a sort of a hazy or what we call a juicy ipa and then a lager um, those are coming We've already, we, we put them online on limited releases. So full production is probably later this year. We're gonna scale that up so we can get it out to all of the states as well and provinces. Um, so that's kind of the best place to get our products and connect with us um, in, on Insta at, you know, at Get Groovy. Uh, my daughter runs that whole thing. She'll get back to you with, um, if you have questions and if you have any issues, we love feedback. We're always looking for you know, we have run a wonderful ambassador program. So your your athletes, we also look, you know, always looking for athletes to come on and, and be ambassadors with us. And we have a good program with that. And 
know, and when there's good opportunities that fit them, we you know we all, we look at maybe some sponsorship programs. We, we we sponsor a couple of ultra endurance runners in Colorado that we're excited about. So, um, you know, down the road, I, I see us also being sort of, um, you know, maybe sponsoring events, you know, maybe in the, in the Nordic ski world, only because I'm passionate about that, maybe in the bike world, um, you know, maybe the, the Grand Fondos that are run or the, or the bike races or, um, tri you know, we do some work with triathlons for sure, all kinds of stuff like that. So we're, we're we definitely like to work with athletes. They get what we're trying to do. They're health conscious. They understand what, what the whole concept is about. This has been amazing, Sanjeev. What you're doing is killer. It's definitely game changing. I heard something the other day. Instead of creating a uh, a new, you know, a new product, disrupt products that are already out there. So you guys are definitely doing that. So, so congrats. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, Ken. We appreciate uh, um, you having us on here to, to talk about it. Um, you know, you, I think your 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 listener base would definitely. Uh, understand what we're all about and would connect right there. They're generally, you know, high, high push, you know, high achieving. So they, they're always looking for, for better performance and whether that's in their business world um, or in, in their passions for athletics. Right. So it's, a, it's the same thing, right? You can still have a, you, a, your, your great beer or wine. You just, you don't need to compromise. Right. That's, that's kind of the whole mandate. Right. Um, yeah. And that's perfect. Awesome. Well, Sanjeev, this was great. I appreciate your time today. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep crushing it. Um, if anyone who's listening has any questions, comments, feedback, would like to get in touch with Sanjeev directly, feel free to email me at kenatheexecutiveathletes.com. Make sure you go out there, keep crushing it. And when you're done crushing it, try one of his beers at getgroovy.com. So again, thanks for listening. Everyone out there, keep up the good work and keep, uh, keep on keeping on. So we'll talk later.